I'm Gary Bard, founder and editor-in-chief of today's Caregiver Magazine and Caregiver.com, and your host for our weekly caregiving podcast series. In this podcast, we will introduce you to many of the leading caregiving thought leaders, authors, experts, and even caregivers with famous faces who have graced the covers of our magazine. Today, we're going to talk about an issue of great importance to so many caregivers, partnering with home care. In fact, a recent study states that the number of patients who received and ended care any time during the year was 4.9 million. So to talk about this issue, I'm quite pleased to be joined by Mike Majid, the Chief Operating Officer of Griswold Home Care. Established in 1984, Griswold Home Care is the nation's first non-medical home care franchise organization. Mike, I'm so glad to be talking with you about this most important partnership between family caregivers and their loved ones in-home care team. So talk with me about Griswold Home Care and the work that you do. Uh, this is a company that um, for 36 years now started back in 1982. Uh, the founder, Jean Griswold, who was the um, wife of a, a, of a Presbyterian minister in the Philadelphia area here who uh, was uh, there to serve, um, really took a, um, an interest in providing care to families within her community uh, that were really in need of care. And this was back in 1982 um, when the industry was, you know, very, very independent and uh, very young at the time. We've, we've taken to um, trying all sorts of stratagems to get our loved ones to accept in-home care. As a matter of fact, at a Fearless Caregiver Conference in New Haven many years ago, a caregiver uh, told a story about he, how she finally got her mom to accept in-home care. Um, her mom was a very professional lady. She was a bank president, and now she's living at home dealing with uh, mid-stage Alzheimer's. So the caregiver thought, you know, I can't get her to accept uh, an aid. I can't get her to accept in-home care. Why don't I just change her paradigm a bit? So this caregiver went that night after work and said to her mom, look, mom, you're too busy here. There's too much paperwork. It's, it's overwhelming. I'm going to hire you. Uh, administrative assistant going to come in and help you out. And because she was talking the language that, you know, it, it, that her mom understood, it sounded great. And the next night after the aide came, the caregiver said to her, her mom, how, how was it? And her mom stopped and thought a bit. And she said, yeah, honey, she was great. And I really enjoyed her, but maybe next time she could take me for ice cream. <laughs> So the care recipient bought in, and it became her idea. Do you hear similar stories from your Griswold clients? Well, it, it, there are so many dynamics that go into um, uh, turning a relationship from one of family caregiver to one of a third-party agency-supported caregiving environment. Um, so I, I, there's lots of stories to tell. I think one, uh, just the family dynamics that had existed, you know, through the years are critical to how easy or difficult uh, it is to bring care into the home and to transition or hand off from a family caregiver to a third-party caregiver. And uh, I speak personally as a family caregiver myself. 
uh, if you can have those open discussions with family members. And I think the that the story you shared was very uh, was charming and also endearing in a way that you know it was out of the box thinking as to how you can introduce care to someone who you know as we all know are very proud, uh, accomplished folks that uh, especially the elder generation that is fiercely independent and does not want to be taken care of. Um, and it, I think it, it starts years before that, Gary, quite frankly. It starts uh, when you start to see the decline and having those types of conversations and socializing the idea of what care is going to look like and how they're going to, you know, uh, handle their health as, as they age in place. And the, the foundation is always good communication, uh, and I think it starts not during the crisis, but, you know, uh, months and sometimes years before that, but having that open discussion about what the care is going to look like and what is important while they're in a position to still make those decisions, um, I think are critical to setting the true foundation of what happens when the uh, environment really does dictate care to begin or more aggressive care to begin. As many times in those environments, family caregivers begin caregiving, and they're no longer daughters or sons or brothers or sisters, uh, as an example, but they're caregivers, and that's, that's exactly uh, what happens in these situations, and you see how it impacts the relationships. The other thing is when someone's dealing with, as you know, with Alzheimer's or dementia, their world starts shrinking. And the later sure. you get somebody into the house, the harder it is for your loved one to accept them. So, yeah, that's, thank you for that. That's a great point. Well, familiarity and routine to <clears throat> patients that are dealing with dementia-related issues are critical. And so trying to introduce something uh, at a point where these dementia-related issues have set in uh, is almost doing a disservice to the person because you're taking the security and comfort of the world and, and changing it, and that's not what you want to do with uh, folks that are at that level where they're being affected by those dementia-related diseases. You know, another big question that's on many caregivers' minds when knowing they need to choose home care is what the advantages are to utilizing an agency such as Griswold Home Care. As long as the agency is responsible, and by responsible I mean doing the thorough background checks and investigations, uh, making sure that the core competencies and skill sets and certifications are there, uh, background checks are done, you know, uh, all the paperwork and documentation components, and then beyond that, making sure that they understand what the client's needs are, what the family's outcomes are are what they hope they will be, and then matching accordingly. Uh, what it does is it gives the family their life back to be a family, and it puts the burden of task-oriented issues onto the agency. Bringing an agency in doesn't mean that you lose the oversight. Um, it, it just means that you can share in the responsibilities, and, um, and you, get to, you get to share in those responsibilities uh, from the pleasant perspective, which is, you know, as a son, a daughter, a brother, sister, et cetera, and not from the task perspective. But uh, I think there's real value uh, when you find the right agency and they do all the things we just talked about and the matching is done properly. It really allows for what we'll call a total care environment to take place because the family can handle the family 
business and the agency can handle the care business. And as long as the agency and the family are coordinating between uh, each other with the care, uh, then you have a really, truly wonderful dynamic. And most importantly, it's creating the experience for the care recipient that both the family wants and that your agency has promised. What new initiatives does Griswold Home Care have for us in the future? For us, uh, as a company, you know, we make sure that uh, our caregivers have um, uh, health benefits if they choose to accept health benefits, but we certainly offer the health benefits, and many of them uh, like to take those health benefits that they critically need, things that they would get in jobs outside this industry. We make sure that we have uh, investment programs, 401k programs that they can invest in, participate in, that we can contribute uh, to as well, so they're building a retirement. Um, we have things like virtual care that we offer our caregivers. So, uh, you know, our caregivers are, are, are family members and, and mothers and fathers uh, and brothers and sisters, and they have children that they have to raise, and many of them, you know, uh, make a modest living. They, don't, they, they, they can do very well, but they can also make a modest living in this industry. And things like virtual care where they have access 24-7, 365 days a year to a board-certified physician uh, to be able to call on the phone, uh, explain the circumstances either they or their family are going through, and have a have a, a, a physician, you know, uh, uh, diagnose based on what they hear, uh, you know, uh, submit um, to a, a pharmacy, you know, medications that may be needed, and it allows the family instead of having to run to urgent care to be able to do this virtually and get over to a pharmacy uh, to be able to help their uh, children if they're sick or if they happen to be sick. So virtual care is another thing that uh, we as a company do. We provide ongoing training for caregivers, which is very critical. If you look at one of the top three things that caregivers are looking for today from companies, in that top three is training. We, we have a dedicated website to the caregiving profession. On that website, we'll have assets for any family caregiver or any third-party caregiver that wants to go to the website and, um, you know, pick up information on training or information about, you know, language courses or all the things that we want to that we want to incent them to do on their own. Um, we want to make sure that we provide them access to those types of um, resources. So lots of things that we do uh, beyond the competitive wages, beyond the, the check-ins that we do while they're on the job so they don't feel left out there in this completely autonomous environment disconnected from the, the agency itself. And we've built in you know, our own programs to go out and visit our caregivers and our clients and make sure that we stay connected both to our clients and caregivers. I imagine enhancing the professionalism of the in-home staff can only better the care that our loved ones get. Without a doubt. We are an outcome-based company, and the only way you can create the outcomes that families are desirous of is to make sure you have the training, the education, the professionalism, the resources that, you know, these, these, these people of modest uh, incomes and backgrounds hope to get uh, the true respect and appreciation they hope to receive. Um, when you create those environments and your culture speaks to that, uh, you affect outcomes in the home. That's exactly what happens. What would be the one most important piece of advice that you'd like to share with family caregivers? Prepare yourself. 
Prepare yourself for um, the decline. Prepare yourself for the changes in the relationship um, that potentially are ahead of you. Um, prepare yourself with uh, people around you that can support and give you the respite care that you're desperately going to need when you get into these environments. Just prepare because um, as a family caregiver myself, uh, you don't know what the environment's going to be um, two years from now, five years from now. In my case, it was 14 years with my brother. Um, that uh, you just can't anticipate what happens and what changes unless you prepare. And that means educate yourself on whatever it is that your loved one is dealing with and understand the symptoms, understand the behaviors that come along with it. Prepare yourself so that you can provide a better experience, even if in the dementia-related issues they do or don't know who you are or do or do not appreciate what you do. Um, you'll, you'll feel better in the end if you're prepared.